Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Aussie Rugby Show in podcast form. If you're new to the setup, you can stay on top of and be a part of what's happening with the show simply by following Rugby Pass and the Aussie Rugby Show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And bit of a language warning in this week's episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Aussie Rugby Show, brought to you by Extra Hop. Stops breaches 84% faster. Sean Maloney, we have a sponsor we for the do. show. That's right, Extra Hop. Welcome to the Aussie Rugby Show family. Great to have you with us. Uh, great to have you alongside nice us, Steve and Drew as well. Extra Hop, huh? So what is it, cyber security? They stop all these breaches coming into your laptops or phones? Happens. I could do that. You could, I mean, you could I go... Yeah, yeah. I didn't put up a Ford <laughs> remote <laughs> and all this sort of thing. Nothing to do with your search history, Drew. It's a different <laughs> no, type of yeah, hacking, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust anything, not even the cloud, so I need extra Four hop. words, clear history, all time. <laughs> to live by, they are. Lou, what have we got going on? We're at C4, at rugby club this week, and it's great to be here. Sean, tell me a little bit about them. This, the Mighty Raiders. The mighty one of your old clubs? Another one of my old clubs. <laughs> won a premiership with them back in 97. George Smith playing alongside him. Okay. <laughs> I mean, George has been around a little bit too. George has been around a little bit too. But it really is a great club. Uh, massive on the girls' front too. Over 100 registered girls' players here. More than any other club in Sydney. Thanks wow. to uh, El Presidente Michael Clark and Marnie Masters, another man with a magic touch here at the Raiders. Great club. Also, it's great clubhouse. Did you? Have a party here at one point? Can we touch them on my 21st later? 20, oh, okay. We'll come back to the we'll 21st. Back to, all right, so okay, cool. There's beer stains on the wall <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh, make sure you suggest uh, a rugby club for us to come and visit in New South Wales at the moment with COVID issues, of course. But we love to uh, bring everything to different clubs. Uh, we are going to talk about what got you from the weekend. Hoylesey, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to start here. What got me was the Seaforth Bowgala Raiders Player of the Year two years in a row, 1996 and 1997, Sean Maloney. Was it? I did not remember George that. Smith's name is not even on it. And I now actually, I thought you couldn't play a good game footy without George Smith, but it is clear and obvious that you played at least two good games in two years, Sean. There you go. Oh, thanks for well, that, buddy. You can keep I that. I did not yeah. put that there either. You did, Sean. Oh, I did yeah. not put that there. What got you, uh, Drew Mitchell? Uh, a couple of things got me. Um, firstly, it was saying goodbye, bidding farewell. Uh, au revoir. No, it wasn't. What's um, sayonara? That's what it is. Because yeah. a couple of the boys are going back to Japan top league. Had a nice quiet meal with uh, Bernard Foley and a few friends on Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm lying. It wasn't that quiet, but it was a nice way to send him off. Uh, obviously, going back up there, uh, Paddy Ryan, um, Will Genya, all the boys that have been um, that are stationed up in Japan, they're going back up there. So that's what got me over the weekend, and then kind of carried on onto my Saturday morning, which got me even probably a bit more in the feels. I um. I, did the stupid thing of looking at some of our comments of our shows and <laughs> I was Don't laying there. Never do that. I was there and I was a little bit tongue over and I um I actually had ordered two pies on Uber Eats and I then proceeded to look at all the comments and talking about how fat I look and overweight and I was, I was grazing. The only depth that Drew Mitchell is worried about is the depth of the KFC line, uh, that I'm a pie eater. 
and I couldn't really be Which upset because I was actually laying in bed <laughs> eating a pie. But don't be so nasty, people. No feelings. It's just it's tough why you've gone black. Yeah, I've gone black this week. I'm trying to sit upright. Yeah. As long as you're on the NC, that automatically wipes off 28 kilos. <laughs> you the NC, dudes, that's all we got, We've got some mean, mean viewers. We really do. Uh, speaking of viewing, my what got me was something a little left field, had me chuckling all afternoon. Don't know if you guys saw this. Three-year-old in Taiwan at a kite festival, stumbles in behind the longest kite I've ever seen, gets wrapped up in it, gets sent 300 metres in the air, flung about like a little ribbon. Yeah comes down untouched. One of the greatest things I've seen in 2020. It's a feel-good story, really. The, really? the end result is remarkable. Considering How high do you reckon that little three-year-old is? Oh, I've got a clock at 7Ks. <laughs> I thought it was a few hundred metres, but let's go with 7K. It felt like 7Ks. Yeah. It's like one of those foxtails, you know, those things where you just throw the ball and like... Yeah. That's, she was just like blowing around. Yeah, anyways, remarkable that she came down unscathed. Great yeah. to hear. Uh, what did you... Got, got you. Mine Lou. was Shoot Shield. I know I kind of say that every week, but it's so good on Coogee Oval. It's my mm. local ground. I know you'll be a the fan G. of this. Yes. Mm. Yep. Uh, but it was just, the weather was amazing in mm. Sydney on the weekend. The vibe was great. It was COVID safe, but it sort of felt like one of those uh, like games where everyone was really about it all. And uh, it was a really great game as well. Only two points in it in the end. Yeah, Eastwood, it. or Emmerich have been undefeated. Eastwood end up beating them by two points. Um, it, it gave me another reason and I've long thought that club rugby is where we need to put a big focus for next year especially now with all of the sort of talk about borders potentially not opening like I know we're still talking Super Rugby AU and how we merge them but a national club comp something with those clubs yeah. playing from March all the way through to October November because this time of year this weather is exactly what Imagine. the game needs again yeah. like it was really good to see. And it was a who's who there was so many former Wallabies down there watching on that are still involved in club rugby at so many levels so if you've got that support that's what we've all got to tap into and make it commercially viable and sort of to conti continue on in the future. If that's the starting point, we've still got six rounds left, regular season shoot shield. If those players get to come back to their respective clubs here in Brisbane as well, oh man, the back end's going to be amazing. Well, that's what's been so good in club footy all across the country is that you've got all these rep players or fringe rep players or, you know, 20s or 7s players. Normally only get them for maybe two, three, four games at the back end of the year. You've, you've pretty much got them for the whole year and you've still got some Waratah and Brumbies and Reds players. Especially, especially this year with you know, the likes of, I guess, Rupert and, uh, and, and the likes saying that there's not a capped amount of games that you can play yep. per year. Mm. So, that, you know, we're not worrying about uh, their workload and that type of thing. So players can genuinely come back and players always do want to come back. Often it's more just about the load that they're yep. going through with Super Rugby and the test season and all that sort of stuff. I think Pat Cowan even is looking at maybe coming back over to play up here in the Northern yep. Beaches. Yep. And, yep. You know, so players want to want to get back to, to club footy and um, you know and get involved but and I, like you say it's a, it's a perfect opportunity this year given that they haven't played a full year of footy. Well, Super Rugby Rocks and Diamonds what you liked what you didn't like from the weekend. Sean Maloney. Uh, mine's a rock slash diamond Michael Hooper amazing again at the weekend can't yeah. believe he's I mean I can't believe he's going to Japan I'm upset that he's going Aussie rope he's poor for not having him week in week out next year he's just a mate the charge down the seal the game Harrison that, that also that little in. switchback play oh, back into, into Walton man. was a nice one as well uh, it's, so it's a rock and a diamond hoops he'll be back like he won't oh, miss no. Walton it's a boomerang deal that's yeah. what yeah. he's yeah. not it's not quitting rugby no, Australia like no. a lot of these other journos. But are I could saying, watch him all day, every day. Yeah, you know yeah, where I'm coming same. from. Unfortunately, yeah. 
see. You, Rock Diamond? Uh, look, I'm, I started to you know, look and notice a few little quirky things that players are looking for that little bit of an edge. Yeah. Um, what there was think? at least Well, there's at least talk that Tom Banks maybe vassoed up his legs over the weekend. There was a couple of players. Right. I think Richard Carhui complained to say that he felt that there was uh, Vaseline on the legs of Tom Banks. Firstly, is that, but, is that, that that's legal? I don't know if it's on? legal or not. 100% it's legal. Yeah, it I used mean, to be all, all the time. You, you go slapping DP'd on, you can yeah. slap some Vaso on. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's why I missed so many tackles. They all have Vaseline. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was on rolling with. And the other one was uh, pickle juice. Uh, Matt Tamua at yep. some point. That sounds um, revolting. Yeah. Pickle juice. It took me back Good to... with uh, corned uh, beef though, Lou. When I... Don't your word for it. At one point through the the, my Wallaby career, whatever, they brought in um, beetroot concentrate, <laughs> right? And so it was just before a test match and they're like, it helped with the hydration or cramps or something or other. And it was like a little, I don't know, 50 mil shot of be um, beetroot concentrate. And so I took that and then you go through your normal like warm up and whatever and I come back from my nervous wee before a game and I'm like, oh. And I get really nervous and I go right in the corner. <laughs> You're not the corner, but I go right in the corner. <laughs> and, uh, and let's I'm like, talk on this one. I'm thinking, yeah. we're on major. Yeah. I'm like, I've got blood in my urine, right? Because it was red, oh, right? No. So I'm like, they're like two minutes until we're out in the field. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm so ill. Like, I'm sick. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just being bleeding urine. And I go out and play these 80 minutes and I'm like just thinking, like, how do I tell my family? Like, I'm, I'm ill, right? And I go back to the doctor. I, I said, Doc, and he said, Drew, you fine? I said, yeah, look, I'm fine. There's no injuries, but like, I need to have a private chat. I said, Doc, I've got, Another one. I've got blood in my urine. <laughs> I said, I've got blood in my urine. He's like, what? And he, I had to give him a sample. He goes, mate, did you have beetroot concern? I was like, yeah, he goes, oh, God. I was like, Doc, you can't do that to me before a game. I was like, I was worried for 80 minutes out there playing. I don't know who it was. I was worried. <laughs> worried sick. And I was actually sick myself. So hopefully those boys aren't getting any of those sort of ramifications using pickle juice. I like, that he, I like that he didn't buffalo either. Yeah, that's when the left, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, you just made me that. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very strong. Rocks and diamonds. I'm going to go referees. I thought Amy Perrett diamond was was mm. outstanding. Yeah. The game flowed brilliantly. Mm. I thought it was very very good. Um, and she's been in the system for a long period of time. And that you know we'll see her regularly doing Super Rugby games from now on. On the contrary, some of the decisions in the Rebels. Tars game, big, big decisions that had ramifications on the outcome of the game. I thought that, I don't know that, again, don't want to be bashing rest for the sake of it, but there was a, the, the try where Meeks rolled out, that was clearly out. I know it yeah. wasn't clear in Angus's Gardner's view, but if we can stop the play for so many things, why yeah. can't we look at that? Like, that was, that was a yeah, big the, one. That's where a team can intervene when they're going yep. back to convert yep. or whatever, and just say, hang on a minute, we just need to check, check, yep. get, roll the tape, Got it. have a look upstairs, <laughs> and then, you know, intervene. When, when it's, like you say, that game, Crucial ramifications going forward. For Matty Phillip going in, getting yeah. yellow carded for contact yeah, in the air. Week, yeah. And then Nicerani going, getting an elbow, uh, shoulder to the head and, and nothing happened to Swindon. It just seemed odd, don't you think? Yeah, and it's, it's not odd that you uh, bash your effort each week. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Uh, decisions going against the Tars that potentially might cost them a final spot. Yeah, yeah, bonus point sort of decisions. Hey? Sit on that. Yeah. 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 Well, big stories of the week. We'll talk about those now. Uh, we're going to talk about the sevens, guys. Awful. The Hamilton, the Sydney legs cancelled for next year. That's alongside Dubai, Cape Town. We're going to get it back at some stage, hopefully, but it's not a great start to this. It's year. killing me. <laughs> Honestly, every one of these decisions that come through, which are the right decisions to yeah. make, just sinks me further and further into a COVID-infused mire. I'm gutted by it. I'm really upset uh, for Aussie Sevens fans, for Kiwi Sevens fans. Uh, it's, it's, it's awful. And, and the, 
doesn't look as though that we've got a confirmed start date yet to get that next season rolling either. So it's really, and it's harder for the players. Yeah. It's way harder for the you players. You need a date. You need yeah. that to I work I feel towards. from, I caught up with uh, Tim Walsh, your old assistant, head of the Aussie Sevens uh, squad, earlier today and he said it's, it's, it's so difficult for these guys because they don't know what they're working towards. Yeah. I mean, they've got the Olympics, but do they have the Olympics? Same goes for the women's squad, having worked with Sham Parry last week. So it's just, it's tough. It's also just knowing what you want to do for your career trajectory. You, know? yeah. you make a decision to go 15s or try and chase a contract elsewhere because you don't know, because there's no clarity. And, and look, it's, it's something that we all want to seek at this point in time. Mm. I would, you know, a lot of what we're all doing, there's not a great deal of clarity, but it's just, and it's probably been of no surprise that these tournaments have been cancelled, but it just still doesn't mean to say that, you know, it feels it any better about it, yeah, right? Like, it yeah, stings. I mean, we all would love to have seen it go ahead, but it's just in the current climate, it like, it sucks, and, and uh, you know, we're just going to have to ride this one through, and, and hopefully all the players are, are doing everything they can to, to, you know, to stay on top of things mentally as well as physically and just put themselves in the right positions so that when a, uh, an opportunity does present itself, that they're ready. It makes it hard too with so many players doing so well playing a 15-man game yeah. missing and shoot shield. I feel like that decision that Drew was talking about, that's got to be really tricky to know what to stick with and where to go. Yeah, like and to be fair, out of the Australian squad, all of the guys that have gone back and played club footy on the weekend watching so, Tim Anstey so was, was outstanding in the second row for mm -hmm. Eastwood. He hasn't played 15s for probably four or five years. Maurice Longbottom, Lockie Miller, they haven't played 15s at all. Mm -hmm. Simon Kennywell's back playing. Dylan Peach has been on fire at the wing for the for the weeks at the moment. So it, there has been some positives for the players, but the, the tough thing is, is a lot of these guys are uncontracted. So mm. the, the Aussie guys, they pretty much, the, the squad that they thought were going to be in the, the Olympics, like say, say there's a core eight or 10 of them, those guys are all off contract, ready to move on to 15s and other, and they're the ones that can't, or haven't been re-signed. And we're not talking millions and millions of dollars to keep the, the men's program together. It's, it's mm. about half a million bucks, a little bit less, to keep the nucleus of the squad together for until the Olympics. And what they're going to need to do now is, with all these World Series tournaments being banned, they're going to have to go to an Oceania-type scenario with Fiji and Samoa and, and New Zealand, which is still good preparation for the Olympics. But I think it does open up the opportunity, Sean, for... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Something along the lines of a, an IPL or a big bash or you know, something different to what we're seeing as a World Series. I know there's always got to be a place for people representing their country. I just think at the moment, it's prior to COVID, it was one of the parts of the game, women's rugby and sevens rugby and women's sevens rugby, it was growing at gangbuster rates. Like it was selling out every stadium. Yeah. It was going really well and it's, it's, COVID's really hurt it because it's so international. But it just makes me think there's got to be an opportunity somewhere there for some new type of concept I mean, with sevens. I, I think, you know, people are obviously thinking about it because they see the, the interest in sevens. I, I know that when I was finishing up in France, there was talk about every top 14 team having a sevens team yep. as well and also the inclusion of a Monaco team at that, at that point in time. Obviously, it hasn't come to fruition just yet, but I'm sure it's still because they were talking thought, about it, yeah, yeah those talk, you know, it's still, in, it's still in, uh, in discussions. This is where I think it might cause some dramas. 
at the moment, obviously an Olympic sport. Yeah. I think if you branch away from that, take the nationality away from the yeah. series, then you run the risk of losing that Olympic stand. If you take that franchise-based model, yeah. potentially can knock that out. And the other thing that I, the other reason I like to see it sort of continue on uh, in a variation of its current state, there are a few things to be ironed out, is the fact that We've got kids coming through now who, from that same squad that you help coach, who I believe will be Wallabies yep, down agree. the track. You played Aussie Sevens, yep. bunch of Wallabies. Matt Gitto played. Uh, so there is a long list of guys who played Sevens for Australia who've gone on to play for the Wallabies. And I think if you move away from that... I'm not saying move away. No, I'm no, just no, saying no. 12 tournaments a year in the Australian jersey but as no, opposed to six and maybe six somewhere else in a, you know, like a... A London-based team where you've got Carl and Isles playing. So with you still have Dan. the World Series, but you still have the World events. Series, but you just gotcha. have less. Okay. But then you have another competition where you've got Lewis Holland in the same team as Carl and Isles, gotcha. and, and Dan Norton and Jerry Tuai. Like, and that's owned by someone else. So that's an opportunity for those to be privately owned, just like we see in the IPL and, and the Big Bash and these type of things. Definitely don't leave the the, the World Series alone, gotcha. but just maybe look at the number of tournaments. And the other thing that they probably. They're playing 12 tournaments a year plus a few warm-up ones. Mm -hmm. There's probably scope if they get the calendar right. They can probably play every three or four weeks. So there's probably scope to play a little bit more. Now, the big story we're following is about South Africa leaving the rugby championship. Potentially reports around uh, the last few days are about that and going up to play in a tournament in Europe, replacing Japan, who have pulled out of this tournament. All, it seems, sort of uh, led by Bernard Laporte uh, from World Rugby, which Drew's I feel coach. like... Drew's old coach. But th there's a conflict of interest there, surely, if you've got someone that's so prominent in World Rugby trying yeah. to make these moves. It stinks a little bit of political... of conflict of interest. Like, yeah. not World Rugby itself, but the world of rugby is full of these. And you need people like Bernard to get things changed if we want to get things changed. I don't have a problem with them playing up in the Six Nations. I'd, I'd like to see them stay in the Rugby Championships, but... We can't have our cake and eat it too and say, we don't want to play Super Rugby with you, but we want you to come and play Test with us every year. We've got to be a bit flexible with that. So, again, we've got to fix up the Super Rugby model. If that means without South Africa, yeah. that's great. I reckon they'll I mean, be good up there. There's, there's been, a, I guess, an undertone of expectation that South Africa are going to head to Europe or UK anyway because of the timelines, time mm -hmm. zones and also Euro, the Euro and the, yep. and, the, and the pound is obviously pretty strong against the RAND. But I also think, you know, Bernard Laporte sitting there and thinking best interest for World Rugby, maybe having the world champion South African Springbok team in what I know what they think, they, they view the Six Nations as a, the strongest national uh, competition in the world, albeit, you know, aside from the yep. World Cup. So they might think adding someone like the, the world number one to it only strengthens it. So from a world rugby point of view, perhaps he's doing, he's, you know, maybe he's doing the right thing, but I also I know Bernard Laporte, he's just going to do whatever's right for what, you know, whatever cause he's working for. And, you know, he, he, didn't, he ruffled some feathers when he was our coach with the administration and the coaches, the referees, referees, everyone, but, you know, he got the job done. So, uh, you know, I, I think in some ways I really tip my hat to him and just, like, he, he knows what he wants and he goes out and, and he go, goes after it and, and he knows that he's going to maybe polarise some people's opinions, but, um, you know, like I said, he, he does what, uh, what he sees best for whoever he's working for. Yeah, I just, I just feel as though, like, the, all these things are more, seem like they're not short-term solutions, but if, any, if ever there's a time to come together and go, this is what we need to get rugby right, now is the perfect time. I just hope we don't waste this opportunity. I, I think the one thing with what COVID's done for us, I, I think there's a real resistance to change what were the traditional models of our competitions in the last sort of five to 10 years, whereas now COVID, I think, has now made everyone at least be open to it. Remember, you know, the resistance from World Rugby and, um, you know, the people up north about this, the, the tennis side, you know, the top yeah. 10 of the world, there's resistance in that. Now, all of a sudden, they're talking about having Japan come and play in yeah. a competition 
competition, South Africa playing a competition. So I think in some ways this, this pandemic's made people a little bit more open-minded about opening up the old traditional uh, competitions as we know them and perhaps be open to other teams coming in or, you know, for them to have a, a new look. Like if that pushes Japan down into our competition, mm. that's a good result. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Where does that, you know, if South Africa aren't here in the rugby championship, are you still getting Argentina out here or are we just playing New Zealand for some, you know, good but Bledisloe matches I later in the year? year. Yeah, the, yeah, this year, as we I said mean, last yeah, week, who, who, not, mm. not who cares, but like let's just get some gains on and get mm. some revenue to keep the game afloat. But Fiji? in the short, yeah, Fiji, absolutely. But in the, you know, in the next two, three, four years, like yeah. if we can have Fiji and Japan in this type of you know, regular season or regular test series, that, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Thing, yeah. It'd be great for them. It's, you know, we saw what Japan did with a bit of experience by playing in Sunwolves and look at their World Cup. So absolutely we need to do that. Oh, it's back for another week. Gone but not forgotten. I love this segment, Drew Mitchell. Who have we got this week? This one's pretty special. Uh, he's honestly one of the all-time greats and, and someone that uh, I admired from afar, but then got to know him a little bit more uh, once he retired. It's it's none other than Joe Roth. Yes. Ooh, nice. How good. Roth, he's very wasn't he? But he's popular like on and off the yeah. field yeah. in equal measures. Yeah. One of the great after-dinner speakers. <laughs> Everyone's got a yarn about Rafi. Have you got one? Well, I don't want to take it. Do you want to take that? I've got my own one. No, no, Joe you Roth. go, you go. Uh, uh, Drew's probably got a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've got one. But my first, my first Wallaby tour, 2004, Rafi had retired by then, but he had a place over on Stradbroke Island in Queensland. Stratty. And, uh, and Jeremy Paul invited me to go along to what they would normally do as a 25-pot challenge, or a 25-schooner challenge, <laughs> and, uh, over pots. at the Stradbroke uh, Hotel. And I was, I think, what is it, like 20 or yeah. whatever, and, you know, it wasn't much of a beer drinker at that point. <laughs> More um, of a Bacardi version out of that, I remember, Drew. We got down there, it was myself, Jeremy, and Jay Roth. And uh, yeah, and uh, we got down, you know, you start ticking off how many you get through. And about, I don't know, about 18 beers in, I had to, you know, I must have a stomach bug, I had to be sick. Um, but then there was, there was a young gentleman inside um, who was in, he was in a wheelchair and he needed, he needed to urinate. And he asked me, you know, mate, do you mind, you know, give me a hand? And I was like, Sure, and I like underneath the arms, and I held him up over the urinal, and you know he did his business, and I put him down, and we you know washed our hands, and obviously it was back before COVID because yeah. you know social distancing and all yeah. that. But we came outside, and <laughs> turns out that Jeremy and, and and Joe were at the pool table, like literally just about to have a fight with with this bunch <laughs> of dudes, right? And then and the guy that I helped in the bathroom wheeled over and said, "Guys, guys, stop, stop! These guys are good dudes. Like this guy just helped me do a piss." And then so everyone like put their put their pool cues down and. <laughs> Boom, we got it done and uh, that was my introduction to Joe Roth. You will find a lot of his stories, like forget about how good he was a footy player because as naturally talented as anyone, I think the story goes like he might have not played he rugby. He didn't start playing until yeah. super late. Like 17 or 18. Soccer, and then as a kid. Two years later he was a wallaby. Like yeah. it's fascinating how quickly yeah. he became a successful footy player. Yeah. Um, my one of him was Hong Kong a few years back. <laughs> We're in the we're in the hex suite downstairs. I saw him, and on I the had trip. a chat to him before doing the final. <laughs> I wanted um, the game came back, and it was like someone had tranquilized him. Yeah. And uh, and Rafi's now wife Trine's like, you got to help me get him out of here because you're down, you're recessed yeah. below about 40 street stairs, level, about forty yeah. stairs down. I'm like, he's a big Joe Roth's a big dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't get him up there. She goes, you got to give me a hand. So I basically had to fireman carry him up back issues, <laughs> get him to the issues, top. Yeah. I go, you got to go home. He goes, I'm not going to you. Give me a kiss. <laughs> I go, no kisses, Rafi goes, come on, give me a kiss. So I like peck him on the on the cheek and he goes, ah, 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 <laughs> on the lips. <laughs> he grabs my head, goes, Mwah, and up. then just runs. 
Oh, see. He grew up. And Trey goes, that was a boy. That's a kiss. Trey's like, thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow. Gone. Trough. Trough. Gone, but not forgotten. Gone, but not forgotten. Well said. Oh, the Aussie Rugby Show viewer mailbag brought to you by Extra Hop. Sean Maloney, how fast do they stop breaches? 84% faster. Oh, I was yeah. going to say 83. Rapid. Lightning quick. Super quick. Uh, okay, let's get into it. First one. What's been your best Mad Monday outfit? Who did that come from? That came from Instagram. Nice one. Okay. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, mine would probably be the year that uh, Phil Wall retired at, um, at, from the Waratahs. Mm. We had, and I think maybe there's a couple others retiring, maybe Al Baxter, but you had to come as one of the retiring players. And I, uh, I pushed the boat out a little bit the night before Mad Monday. Um, <laughs> so I, Sunday. But I'd, I'd already uh, organised a young um, a student uh, makeup artist to come over and put prosthetic makeup on my face. Uh, except I, was, I'd, I'd had like maybe an hour of sleep. And I said, look, do you mind if I just pass out while you... Do the makeup and the you know and the, the board cap and the long hair and and whatever and she's like yeah no problem like whatever and so I sat in the lounge and just went and I woke up like looking like I was 50 years older I mean I felt 50 years older <laughs> but I like went to the bathroom and I was like whoa <laughs> uh, and so I was Phil Wolf receding hair how'd you do the receding hair? hairline like yeah. it basically looked like Doc from Back to the Future <laughs> which, is, which is which is what Phil Wall looks like if he doesn't have a cap on but you never see him without Marty. a cap <laughs> Marty he does love a cap he does oh, love yeah. a cap very big fan of the cap yeah. um, I was Papa Smurf one year of a Mad Monday. That was really good, like the the face paint and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Full commitment. Yeah, got right into it. Yeah, that was good. Sure. Burgundy. A La Jolla man yeah. clings to life. <laughs> I had all the like, every quote lined up for the, my last one. Was a cracker. Burgundy. Yeah, nice you ever had a Mad Monday, Luke? No, I haven't. We can, do a, rap, up, we can so. do a show wrap. We'll do a video. Yeah, we did good. What dress up? <laughs> Let's not go there, shall <laughs> <laughs> Let's move right along. Let's move right along. Um, actually, this is only why I'm moving along to this. This isn't that great. Uh, so, Greg Hoey, mm-hmm. Hoey would like to know, are you married? So I reckon that's probably to you, Hoylesey. <laughs> I don't think Greg's asking me if I'm married, but yes, Greg, I am married, OK, mate? So back off your sleeves. Yeah. Greg, uh, no ring here. <laughs> OK, um... Pete Fairbairn would like to know, would you rather fight 100 Hass-sized Wendells or one Wendell-sized Hass? Hass is Adam Fryer, for those uh, who don't know. That's a great that's a question. Good yeah, that's a good question. Pizza but deep could you imagine 100 Wendells? Oh, that's a lot of energy. That's yeah, a, lot of energy. <laughs> a lot of energy. There's a lot of big Wendells in there. recently, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd fight the, the Hass-sized Wendell. Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, I'd go the Hass-sized Wendell. Yeah. Yeah. Hass-sized Wendell. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Nice one. Uh, Sean, you got one? I do have one, and it's one of the players, again, coming to the floor for us. Uh, This time round, it's Harry Wilson and Liam Wright. Evidently, Liam Wright is mute despite being captain, (laughs) and Harry does all the chatting. Uh, Get your eyes around this. let's have a look. Hey, guys. Love the show. Recently at training, Rongan's been saying for the best facial hair in world rugby currently. We're running in the last 20, 30 years, who do you guys reckon has had the best facial hair? And he also agreed upon if you guys reckon he's got the best uh, facial hair currently in world rugby, he'll do the Nigel Vangana goatee and braid it right up. Cheers, guys. That's another Thank great you very much. Nice. So we all agree. He's the best in world rugby. No question. Yeah, so yeah. we'll so see the Liam Wright has little. Uh, so he's going to goatee his Liam Vanganar on the weekend. Get yep. a yeah. um, thing out. Yeah. How, How do they, bra- they braid it? I think they braid it. Nigel Vanganar yeah. used to do a couple Daniel of braid it. Who would you say he's got? Who would you say he's got the best? To be nice. Over the years. I mean, looking back at sort of 
you know, strong exponent of the facial hair. I think it's usually guys with really long hair as well. Cactus yeah. Giovanni, yeah. Sebastian Chabal, yeah. Snyman. Yeah. Do you remember Jacques Cronier, the South African yeah, back rower? Yeah, he was strong. He was beard his whole way through. Like, I don't think yeah. I ever saw him without one. I'm going to go good. an Aussie legend, four tries in a test match against the All Blacks. Greg Cornelson. Greg Cornelson. Yeah. yeah, that was the good. The great man, Corny. Also yeah. a very good back rower as well. Definitely Corny. Great question, yeah. boys. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Weekend forecast time now. Uh, Drew Mitchell, what do you got going on this weekend? What are you looking forward to? Well, what I'm looking forward to is uh, across the Dutch, um, the the north versus south, uh, you know, clash. The, they've mm. been speaking about it for quite a while. There's a little bit of uncertainty whether it was going to go ahead and, and be played, but I'm really looking forward to two really deep sides, you know, in terms of depth. Uh, going out at it uh, this weekend. It used to be a mainstay <laughs> yeah. over there up till 95, broke away till 2012. They brought it back with the fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I'm going to go on record as saying it was the last time there was proper knuckle in a game of footy. Blokes just dropping that. Dane Coles, I think. Dane yeah. Coles yeah. in there Donnelly. scrapping. Tom, Tom Donnelly. Donnelly scrapping. Lynn scrapping. Yep. Ah, it was terrific. Look. We don't condone that, but please, can they do it? <laughs> yeah. I've never been in a fight in my life, and I like watching, so guys, if you want to know how to What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go stick with club footy. It's a top-of-the-table clash in the shoot shield. Ramwick versus Gordon. I'll be down there again, Luke. Could you have? You guys won't be there, though. You'll be somewhere else, I assume. We're, we're, at Ma- we're back to Mount Oval for the derby. Yeah. I'm going to go on record again, twice in this final second, yeah. say there's not a big club, not a bigger club rugby derby game in Australia or anywhere in the world. You've said that before. Yeah, I think you're very Shelter living on the northern beaches here by saying that, Sean. You've you played for both. Another club rugby you've played game. for both clubs. You show me another club rugby game that Maybe has 8,000 people turn If up. anyone's watching that has a bigger derby than that, tell us. I'm happy to prove it. Clearly not COVID yeah. compliant if yeah. you've got 8,000. Well, there won't be that many this weekend over the end of the COVIDs, but mm. you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a cracking afternoon. It's yeah. a belter all Who are you going for? Hard to say. <laughs> so the Waratahs Brumbies chat from last week, isn't it? Yeah, oh, that's another big game as well. The, yeah. Um, who the Force versus the Rebels. This is the ultimate revenge for the Force. You know, they were the ones that got kicked out of the competition for the Rebels to stay and they can... They've yet to notch up a win as yep. well. So and they can, they can cause an upset? They certainly can. Like, forget about their last couple of performances where they've had... You've been smashed by the Reds and whatnot. I think if you look back to the start of the competition, they were competitive in all games. They've got to find more in the last 20 minutes, though, without a doubt. Okay. I mean, they, they've started so well in so many games. They've just got to find a way to kind of keep the pressure on. At the moment, um, you know, after, just after that sort of 20-minute mark, yeah. it, the, the momentum starts to shift a little bit, and it seems as though once the pressure comes on them too thick and thin, then, you know, like they, they just don't have the depth, and especially when, you know, when you look last weekend, Brumbies had four Wallabies come off the bench the, yeah. compared to the, you know, the Western Force. They just don't, they don't have the depth, so they need to put themselves in a position come 50, 60 minute mark where they're almost, you know, like sewn again up. It got up. me thinking about that because of the lack of depth coming on late in the game. Maybe they've got to take the risk of holding a few of their key players back, yeah, like maybe a Lance, Ian Pryor, mm. Kahui, and then do their very, very best for the first 40 or 50 minutes. Yeah. And then get the more experienced Classic players on. Classic Michael Checker finishes. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe even yeah. changing jerseys at half-time. You're almighty. The blue to red. <laughs> the blue to yellow. Hearts. <laughs> you get to come out and just go, you know what, boys? We're going, we're going out now away straight. I pop never felt comfortable around Hans. I always thought uh, yeah. uh, Just on pop culture very quickly, you guys caught Cobra Kai. Um, oh, yeah. I'll be sinking my Mate, teeth in a story. Cobra, Cobra, Cobra what? Cobra Kai. It's the remake of Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. It's on Netflix. Johnny Lawrence is back. It used to be on YouTube. I already eight episodes deep before. It's all time. That's something else I'll be watching on the weekend. Salesman now. It's so good. Yeah. Were we going to talk about your 21st? Yeah, talk which, about it. Which was at this venue. Hang on, I'm just got to stick my foot out of the vomit <laughs> that was just there. 
don't know where and we want to. I don't know how we want to get into well, this. How's it going, the yard gas? Uh, not great. Ended up with most of it down my front. Yeah. Uh, obviously, down, down into your leopard print undies. Into the leopard print undies. <laughs> Actually, leopard Actually print that cheese. was prime. That's where it got them. That was prime leopard print uh, era. That were was you, let me guess, through were to twenty one. Like, you would have been one of those kids like white collared shirt over his suit suit jacket like John Travolta I reckon yeah. you know what I mean that type of like I reckon yeah. I also used to wear boat shoes on occasion <laughs> yeah. you would have been you, boat shoes, you haven't worn shoes since you're 21 Sean morning. we probably should wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> Drew Mitchell Simon Hoyle Sean Maloney a pleasure as always here on the Aussie Rugby Show I'm Louise Ransom we'll see you next time that's it. Don't forget to subscribe to stay on top of the show with new episodes dropping each week. And remember, if moving pictures are more your thing, you can catch the show at rugbypass.com or via the Aussie Rugby Show on YouTube. Like, follow, subscribe, tell your friends, your uncle, you know the drill. See you next week.